All right, let's get into the Word here today. Uh, if you have a, have a Bible with you, go ahead and get that out. And if, if you have a Bible on your phone, you can do it that way as well. Go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14, and then also we'll go to 1 Corinthians 10 here in a few minutes. Numbers 14, I started a new series a couple weeks ago. All right, this is called A Different Spirit. A Different Spirit. So uh, if we can't identify how we're different than the masses then this message will help you. This series will help you tremendously. Uh, Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24 is our text. It reads like this, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So cause and effect here, you see Caleb went into the land. This was the land of promise, the land of blessing. Caleb went in, his descendants after him benefited because, because he had a different spirit. In other words, if he was going to act and think and be like everybody else, in other words, the masses, the crowd in his time, he would not have gone in. He would have missed out. God had a plan, but he would have missed God's plan. God had a blessing. God had a, had a promise. He would have missed on God's promise. Someone said, well, do, do, if God wants it to happen, bless God, it's going to happen. That's 100% not true. 100% not true. If, it were, if God's will always happened, we wouldn't even need to talk. <laughs> we wouldn't need to teach anything. It's just because it's all going to work out. No, you have a real role. And being different from the masses is often an essential part of that role. And to recognize it. Here's where everyone's going, but is that right? This is where the crowd is going right now. Is that the right way to think? Is that the right way for me to be? And Caleb was different, and Caleb was right. And that's what we want. All right, we want to be on the right side of things. And uh, let me remind you of these other translations. The New Living reads that Caleb had a different attitude the easy English reads, Caleb had a, had, has thought differently. And the Living Bible reads, Caleb is a different kind of man. So you know what we're talking about here. It's different. It's thinking different. It's a different kind of attitude or it's a different spirit. Now, we, we, we brought this out previously that the 10 spies from Numbers 13 that went into the land of Canaan to spy it out, they came back. And what they reported was called evil, an evil report. This report resulted in the masses believing it, accepting it, and it is labeled as the rebellion in the Bible, the rebellion. It came from magnifying negative things. It came from exalting negativity and, uh, you know, magnifying the opposition or what they had to face when they were going into this land that God had promised them. And so um, another word for that is complaining, uh -huh. complaining about the problems. Most people don't think much about complaining. They think, well, yeah, you know, everybody does it. And it's kind of, you know, standard, standard language, normal behavior to complain about things. Uh, in fact, it's not un un uncommon at all. I mean, you could, people will complain to strangers. So have you ever been in a line somewhere in a store or a restaurant, you're waiting, and you strike up a conversation, and often the conversation is negative. Well, the traffic is just horrible out here, you know, or oh, can you believe how much things cost now? Man, it just costs an arm and a leg to go out to lunch, <laughs> you know, and, and people, in other words, it's just kind of have a negative tone. It's, it's complaining, and people agree, oh, yeah, yeah, isn't it bad? 
You know, there's always something negative out there, someone or something to complain about, and it's become ingrained into people's thinking. They just talk about negative things and think, think nothing about it. But this is not the way that Caleb was. That's not how you're different. That's how you're going the way of the crowd that is often going the wrong direction. In fact, in our world, it is often the complainers that get attention. You got a problem? You got an issue? Make a fuss about it. Stir something up. Complain. And when someone complains, if it's negative, everyone, everyone look. Oh, someone's complaining. Put the camera on them. Let's make a story. Let's put it in the news. Let's uh, draw attention to this. Someone's upset. Someone's outraged. We should all listen. We should? We should all listen because someone's upset. Someone's complaining. Someone's griping about something. How many know in, in the kingdom of God, that's not how you get any, any attention? In fact, in God's kingdom, complaining gets ignored. In this world, complaining gets a response. In God's kingdom, you do not get the Lord's help by complaining. Heaven doesn't stop and say, uh, hold on, everybody. Angels, everyone, chill. Choir, chill. Settle down. Uh, we've got a complaint. And we've got, we better address this as soon as possible. No, complaining in God's kingdom gets ignored. You do not, you never get God's involvement in your life by pointing at problems. Hallelujah. So, well, what does? Well, very simply speaking, the word. When, when, a, when a child of God will speak the word of God, heaven stands at attention. In fact, if we had time, we would show you, if you speak God's word, angels start to move on your behalf. When you speak God's word, he says, I will confirm it with signs and wonders following. Yeah, it's God's word that gets attention. And, but if we don't know that, we think, problem, problem alert. It's, it's time to draw attention to the problem. Problem, 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 problem. Complain, complain. I don't like it, you know. And, and we think, think God's going to come to our rescue if we do that. He will not. Which should be obvious by looking around the world today. The complainers do not have more of God working in their life. But those who will speak the word of the Lord, those who will yeah. declare what God says, those will, who, give, who will give praise in the face of impossible situations, they're the ones that get aided. Praise God. And how many know you can't be in faith about something while complaining about the problem? Those things don't work together. I'm just believing God and then wah, 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 wah. About all the problems, about everything negative. Amen. So this different spirit we're talking about is one that's based in God's word. It, it's one that looks for a word answer to every situation. Okay? Well, we got a problem. Okay? Well, what does the word say? What did the Lord promise us about this? And, uh, and if we'll start answering with the word and getting God's word on things, then we'll start seeing more activity. Say, where are you getting all this? I'm just basing from right now just this verse so far. Caleb had a different spirit, and he went into the promised land. He got what God promised him because he responded to a negative situation or opposition by saying, we can do it. We are well able. Let's go possess the land today. So this is the model we want to follow. Now, did you go to the second place? If not, for, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we have, we have a recording, and much of our uh, Old Testament books and stuff are written for the purpose of us reading those stories, like the one we're reading in Numbers, and we learn from it. It's an example for us. Sometimes it's an example how to act. Sometimes it's an example how not to act. Either way, we can learn from it. And it says this in verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Now, now these things became our examples to the intent that we should, look, not lust after evil things as they also left, lusted. In other words, you know those guys who are doing that? Don't be like them. All right? And do not become idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. She's saying, they did this, they did this, they did this. Don't do that. Don't be like them. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, nor, what's that word? Complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, I think, generally speaking, most people are going to be on board with don't lust after evil, don't become idolaters, don't commit sexual immorality, don't tempt Christ. But isn't it interesting, he threw this other one right in that wicked list. We got all these, oh yeah, bad, 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 bad. And then he threw, throws on, and don't complain. You ever notice that? We might think, uh, that doesn't go on that list. I mean, that's not near as bad as those other things. Those other things, no, they're wrong. Complaining? I thought we were supposed to complain to fix situations. If anyone's ever going to do anything around here, I've got to complain. No, but it's listed right here with all these evil things. And, and, but how many people would be adamantly opposed to these other sins but are indifferent when it comes to complaining? And they allow that to exist. If they fall in these other things, if they're Christians anyway, they are at least convicted and they feel bad about it and they're like, I need to stop doing this. But people will let complaining run on through their lives. Yeah, I've been complaining since I was five years old. <laughs> and... Uh, Actually, you know, they think it's, it's okay. But notice, their, notice complaining's company. Not the best crowd here. Now, the word uh, in, the, in the Greek here, the, the word that's translated complain, it, um, it, uh, it, it means to murmur, to mutter, to grumble, or to say anything in a low tone. All right, it implies, it implies private grumbling rather than, you know, just going public with something. But this is typically, you know, how public or outward complaining happens is it begins within. And it's constant annoyance with everything. I'm always complaining inwardly. I got a little bit of an attitude about always being able to locate something that's wrong. Some might even think it's a gift. That they're, they're, they just have high discernment and they're able to find problems everywhere with everyone and everything. But inside, they're a little bit grumbling and, and they're complaining about this. And there's always something negative and they stew on it. 
And they, they keep it quiet. But how many know that's where outward complaining begins? Is when we don't deal with things inwardly. And then all of a sudden, you know, as Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks or speaks, right? <laughs> and, and it starts coming out. And then it spreads like a wildfire. And just like the 10 spies came with an evil report, and they're telling what they saw, what they think, and giving their perspective. And before you know it, the whole nation is in rebellion to God. Started inwardly. They were doubting. They were in fear. They were in unbelief. And before you know it, everyone else is in their unbelief with them. But this, uh, again, this, impro- this word implies a private grumbling, not public, but that's how things begin. We let them exist in our own lives. And it's not okay. That's where we need to deal with it. Okay. Now, listen to these. I want to read you several verses, even just part of the verses, so you can see the condition of these people, the Israelites, in Exodus and Numbers between Egypt and the Promised Land. See if you can notice this standing out. You already know what the topic is. But Exodus 15, 24, and the people complained against Moses. Exodus 16, 2, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Exodus uh, 17, verse 3. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses. Numbers 11, 1. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. Numbers 14, 2. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Numbers 14, 29. The carcasses of you who have complained against me. Now, me is capital me right there, right? That's the Lord. Shall fall in this wilderness. Numbers 16, 41. On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Now, someone might say, but yeah, these guys were having a hard time. I mean... They were thirsty and it was hot and they were going through the wilderness. And you understand, we should just be more understanding about their complaints. That's not the Lord's take on this. This became a habit with them. It became standard practice. You don't like something? Gripe. You don't like something? Murmur. Complain. Speak out. Express your, your, you know, your anxiety and your, your fear and all these things. But every time they do it, it was never a positive. It was always, no, 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 don't do that. In other words, it's not the solution. It's going to make it worse to complain as they did. How many know complaining is the language of unbelief? It is never a voice of faith. We don't complain our way to victory. We don't complain our way to healing. We don't complain our way to our needs being met. We don't complain our way to an answered prayer. It's the opposite of God. It's the opposite of faith. And it's what they did continually. And I know sometimes people think, well, if we just do it privately, I mean, I'm just telling a couple people, just my, my wife and, you know, a couple close friends about all the bad things that are going on. And is, 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 is that okay? Is that okay to do that? Well, think about it now. One, do you like to make other people your trash can? Two, I have it on authority here that the Lord hears these things. Remember, they were complaining. They think, I'm just talking to Moses and Aaron. And, the, and it says the, the Lord heard it. And he was displeased 
displeased with this. So this is not just about what we're doing in public. It's this is about what we're doing in our homes, too. This is about what we do in private, behind closed doors. And apparently the Lord hears it. And it sure appears to me that the Lord takes it personally. In other words, they're saying, Moses, Aaron, you guys are leading us out here to die. We got problems and it's your fault. They're not saying, Lord, you did this. They're not saying, God, this is, you're doing this to me. They're saying, Moses, you did this. Aaron, you did this. But the Lord's taking it personally. Has that ever happened with us where we thought we were just messing with a person and the Lord was taking it personally that we were doing that? Hallelujah. I remember, I think sometimes we, we separate our relationship with God with our, from our relationship with people too far. Uh, one guy was telling me about this woman she had a, in her marriage. She had been unfaithful and left her, left her husband and then she was a Christian. And, People make mistakes, and, but then she moved in uh, with some other guy, and they were living together, and she described herself as, as, she said, I'm closer to the Lord than I ever have been. And I thought, you really think that? You really think you're doing opposite, directly opposite of what God's word? You're a Christian. You're not an unbeliever who doesn't know any better. You're a believer, and you say you're closer to the Lord than ever before while you're doing opposite of his will? That's a deception. Sometimes people interpret, I feel good right now, so I must be really close to God. No, you just had coffee. <laughs> you're, you're feeling a up, your adrenaline's working, feeling good, got the, some nice music playing. That's not the same as the Spirit being pleased, the Holy Spirit. Being, that's not the same a, as a confirmation of God. I mean, no, we should be a little more spiritual than that, than to just interpret, I'm in a good mood. I mean, you know, emotions go up and down without any explanation sometimes. They just do. And every time I'm up, wow, I'm just close to God. You're the same as you were yesterday. We can't judge it based on that. But again, sometimes grumbling about leaders. This, is, this could be reflected in employees having their boss for lunch. You know what I'm saying? Not taking them out to lunch, but at lunch. Just complaining about their managers, employers, and so forth. And they think, well, they're doing the wrong thing. Remember, the Lord's listening too. And this activity will never get you promoted. Will never get God's blessing to advance you. It will keep you in the wilderness. All right. Complainers stay in the wilderness. That's the whole gist of this story. But those who will believe and express that belief are the ones who advance. Amen. Amen. By the way, uh, parents, uh, don't let your kids complain their way into uh, you doing something for them. Because they'll learn a wrong, a wrong method. You know what I'm talking about? Kids are, can be professional whiners. <laughs> if not taught better. They'll whine about everything that's wrong and try to complain their way into you giving them what they want. Never let that happen. Why? You're teaching them. You're basically teaching them how God is and God's not that way. Uh, I was in a car one time years ago with some folks and, and uh, they had a couple young kids and one of them, the young boy, we were driving along the road and he started asking for ice cream. 
There must have been a place they had been to, and they wanted to drive. He wanted to drive through and get ice cream. And his his dad said, uh, "No, we're not going to do that now." And when that kid heard that, he started letting it out. <laughs> In other words, his professional whining became apparent. And he just, oh, "But I want it! But I want it!" And and. And I'm not participating in this conversation because I want her to go, shut up. <laughs> but it's not my child. I'm not. But, you know, his dad said, okay, it's okay. Okay, we'll get that for you. Don't worry. We'll get that for you. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> You're setting yourself up for some problems in the future by teaching your, your son that if you want something and don't get it, just make a bigger noise. Just complain or make it uncomfortable for everyone around you. Then they'll give you what they want, what you want. And that's wrong. And God is never that way. We don't complain our way unto healing or gripe our way unto more finances or to other answers to prayer. But Lord, it's really bad. Agreed. But it hurts. Agreed. That doesn't change anything. Hallelujah. It's kind of like, you know, how when you have babies, parents, when you have really young ones, and at first they, they're just learning to talk, and it's kind of hard to understand, and baby talk. But as soon as they learn how to say things, you don't let them talk baby talk anymore. When they say, ah, bah, 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 you know, or whatever they say. You need to say, uh, no, use words. I remember doing this. Use your words. Go ahead and say it clearly like you know how to, instead of allowing them to be sloppy and talking like a baby. It helps them advance faster and, and everything else. And, and sometimes we need someone to do that for us, maybe, as grown-ups. It's not baby talk, but it's complaining talk. No, don't, don't, don't say it like that. No. But I want... No, you talk to me with a normal tone. <laughs> then we'll have a conversation. You want to make a request, you may. But that, uh-uh. Because the answer is no to that. But if you want to make a request, and I think our approach to God needs to be that way too. We, we say what we say intentionally and by faith, we bring his word to him, not just wham. Yeah. He do, I'm telling you, he doesn't like it. Just like you don't like it. In Philippians chapter two, in verse four, it reads, do all things without complaining and disputing. Do, do how many things? <laughs> All things. Now, how many know typically we're not complaining and disputing about things we like anyway? So the all things must be implying things you don't like, things you don't want to do, difficult situations. Do all of them without this. Not don't do them, not run from them. Do them, but do them without complaining and disputing. The, the New Living reads, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. And so we are going to have to deal with undesirable things, and uh, we should do it with the right attitude, with the right spirit about us. And, and by the way, this, ta this text here in Philippians 2 is stated in context. You read the earlier part of the, ch the chapter of Jesus laying aside his, all his attributes as God and becoming of one, of, coming one of us. Now, you think if anyone would have a legitimate reason to complain... It's called God becoming one of us and living on cursed dirt. Remember, cursed is the ground for your sake in Genesis. Coming here and dealing with all the results of sin and having to live. Yeah, he'd have a rightful, 
you know, opportunity to say, this is bad news here, and this is the context of him saying this, or the scripture saying, saying this, to do all things without complaining. Amen. And then, and then Jude wrote as well. I'll give you this, this one last verse. Jude wrote this as well. He, in his letter, he was warning them about people that would, that would come into their group. That would, and how, how many know not everyone who comes to church wants good things? I'm sure most do, but not everyone. Sometimes people come into churches to stir up trouble. And never, never go to a church and say, yeah, I went to that church and this person was so rude to me or this person didn't do this for me. How do you know they were even saved? How do you know they weren't there to cause problems, to get you to turn away from God? Think everyone who's inside of a building that we label a church is just like Jesus? <laughs> One, we're all in progression. Two, some people don't even want to be that way. They just want to turn everyone else off. All right, back to this. Uh, but he, he, Jude was warning them about people coming in, and uh, he, he, called, he said they would creep in unnoticed. In verse 16, he says, they are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Again, these people that are trying to turn away and deceive and manipulate and take advantage, what do they do? They come in complaining. They're finding everything wrong. And I tell you, if, if you're around, now some people have a good heart and they're just, they, they need this, a message like this and they'll turn and they'll change. And some people, they're just perpetually negative and complaining and they find out everything wrong. We need to get away. That can't be my company. That can't be my, and I don't, definitely don't want to be that person. You know what I'm talking about? I can't control everyone else. But if I associate too much with them, it's like the people listening to the 10 spies who came with the bad report. I listen to you long enough, and I'm going to die in the wilderness with you. I've got to get around the right people and, of course, become that person. It's interesting sometimes. It's, it's kind of like, like online reviews. I have mixed feelings about them. Because I've read things before where I, I bought this product, and I thought, for some reason, I scrolled and I looked, and I wanted to see what, how it was rated. Sometimes that's helpful. But, you know, I did what people do, and I read the negative ones. <laughs> and I don't know why I wasn't even questioning this product, because I liked it. It was something I buy regularly. And I read the negative ones, and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Because I had firsthand knowledge. That's your complaint about this? But other people will read that, and they'll say, no, I'm not going to buy it because of that. And they're just idiots. <laughs> Seriously, I thought, I mean, super, they're just super negative. Yet people make decisions in life based on someone else's negative spirit. We give it weight because it's anonymous. If you saw that person in purpose in person, you would probably say, I'm not listening to what they have to say. I see how they conduct their life. They're not. Yet we make decisions in life based on loud negative voices. They're often just wrong. It's the spies. It's the 10 spies. Hallelujah. But if Jude was inspired to, by God to warn those people about these, these types of people, I think we ought to watch out for it too. And uh, so in short, how many of faith people aren't, they're not whiners, they're not grumblers, they're not negative in their general disposition. We cannot 
complain about sickness and be healed. We cannot complain about financial lack and prosper. These activities are contrary to or opposite of what, uh, what is considered, what is written in the scripture as faith. As the cable, the cable, the Caleb, <laughs> the Caleb mentality, let's rise up and possess it. We can do this. We've got this. We can overcome. That's a mentality. The opposite is always just stating problems. And I say, well, but they're true. But true isn't the only qualifier of things we say. I could state true things up here all day long and everyone would leave depressed and beat up. And I could say, well, well, it was true. Well, just because it's true doesn't mean I need to hear it. Some things are true, but they're not positive. They're not godly. They're not of good report. They don't boost my faith. They don't glorify God. and They don't help anybody. So just because it's true doesn't mean we should talk. Hallelujah. Now let me try to finish. Oh, man, I already used up all my time. You got a minute? How many give me one more minute? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got plenty of time. Sometimes, I'll, I'll just do this real quick, but it's five things I want to share with you. Uh, I just want to elaborate, all right? Uh, sometimes we complain, and in, in it's regarding relationships, things on the job or, or interpersonal relationships like that. And you say, well, if I can't complain about it, how do I react to things that really do need to change? There's a real problem. I have these quick five suggestions without much commentary. How to, res- how to responsibly address problems. Number one, reflect on your attitude and approach the situation with openness. Start with you. Number two, pray in faith. Talking about for those above you, talking about those on the same level, meaning like coworkers, and I'm talking about those you may manage, those you may employ. Pray in faith for those other people. Number three, after that, now assess whether action is necessary or if it's best to handle the situation internally, meaning a lot of things end with the prayer. I prayed, I'm in faith now, I'm not going to do anything else. That's where we're going to let it land. I'm going to trust God. But number four, if action is warranted, approach the individual involved respectfully. Not approach everybody else. Not tell everyone else what they did and how you're unhappy with it. Approach them with respect and maybe offer to help the issue. Offer to be part of the solution rather than just to draw an attention to the problem. And then number five, is acknowledge their response and proceed forward with faith and optimism. So I hear what you're saying. I'm receiving what you're saying. And then when we say move forward in faith, that's again faith in God. When you're in faith with God, you don't push people. You don't pressure them. You don't manipulate. You don't try to make people do things. Faith in God says, okay, I'm moving forward with this with a good attitude. I'm going to smile and be happy and, uh, and trust that things are going to work out. Praise God. Let's be of a different spirit. One of faith, expectation of good, and, and full of praise. This is that spirit of faith. Amen? Praise God. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. 
You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead, and he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.